0: for that all right back into James chapter number one as uh, we were um, every year when we have our revival meeting spring our fall meetings even uh, times where we've had like this year we had brother getch uh, for kind of a couple of days uh, not uh, normally scheduled Uh, it opened up for him to be here and thankful for that as a pastor I pray uh, that uh, we uh, as many people can be here will be here Uh, And that's always a concern for me uh, going into those. And as I know uh, that uh, the people that we have uh, are going to be a blessing, they're men of God, they're going to preach the Word of God, and and, uh, we've got to be fed the Word of God. And right now we need more church than, than we've ever needed before uh, because we're getting closer to the end, and, and, and so I harp on those things, and, uh, and it's always a time of blessing. It's also a discouraging time, because I know uh, there are people that uh, should be here. It's not that you need to hear a specific message, because uh, you know he doesn't tell me I'm going to preach these messages and then I go through my Rolodex from my mind and it's like oh this brother needs that this sister needs that oh that's uh, their sin or whatever and, and uh, in fact we were getting ready to come in one night Brother Schwenke was in my office and, uh, and uh, Amy uh, had come into the office and she'd had the n- nursery the night before and I said "Are right, you have nursery tonight? She said no I'll be in the auditorium so I turned to Brother Schwenke and said okay you got to you know that sin that I told you to preach on you got to preach on that one because she's not going to be in the nursery and uh, we preachers don't do that. Um, But it doesn't matter what the preacher's preaching from the Bible. Um, If you're there and and you have a need that God needs to to fill uh, in your life spiritually, He'll fill it through whatever text uh, that preacher's uh, preaching on. Uh, you just got to be there. And, and so, uh, you know, we go through those times and, and God blessed. And I know there are people that made decisions and people that came to the altar and, uh, and all those things are important. That's what I want uh, as a pastor. And then uh, leaving those times of those meetings, uh, my hope is that decisions that people make, uh, that they'll stick. Uh, that they'll keep those commitments. It could be maybe God uh, showed you you need to pray more or read the Bible or whatever it is, that the Lord uh, uh, convicted you, the Holy Spirit moved, uh, you responded to the Holy Spirit, uh, and you prayed. And, and, and by the way, all uh, preaching services uh, like this uh, are meant to bring you to a point of decision. Uh, where, you, uh, where you're doing business with the Lord. Uh, it could be to, to, to stop doing something, to start doing something. It could be any number of things. But your prayer should be, God, speak to my heart my heart, and help me uh, from uh, the word of God. So I thought, okay, the meeting's over. How do I keep that going? And, uh, and one of the verses that came to my mind um, even before the end of uh, the meeting was in James chapter number 1 uh, and in verse number Uh, 22. So look there. And again, we're going to we're going to go backwards. Uh, So I I was going to preach from here, which I will tonight a little bit more. But uh, this is a great verse coming off the end of of a revival meeting that says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like, a, like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And so God uh, is giving us a, uh, an illustration of how a person could look in a mirror in a glass. Now, in Bible times, it's not a mirror like we think of a mirror. It was usually polished metal of some sort, and, uh, and uh, they would look in that and see their, uh, their reflection and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, but uh, we think of, of when we look into a mirror, um, physically speaking, humanly speaking, we see ourselves, uh, and I was reading a story about a, um, a missionary uh, who had hung a, a, a plate or a mirror up uh, to shave on a tree, and a, a, a witch Uh, Dr. Lady had gone by and and, uh, had never seen her reflection before uh, in a mirror, and she looked into this into this mirror and she uh, and she she ran away and uh, and she was just con- trying to convince the missionary to give her this mirror and and finally he realized he just needed to do that and so for whatever they made the deal uh, and she uh, and she took uh, that mirror off the tree and smashed it on the ground and says now uh, that they'll, they'll never uh, look ugly at me again <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, she had never seen herself and she saw all the paint and everything else uh, and uh, didn't want to see it again but that's what happens we look in a mirror most most people uh, by the way most people don't look in the mirror uh, and just just they're in wonderment of how uh, attractive they are uh, and uh, and whatever most most people uh, if you're that is anybody like that here nobody's gonna raise their hand most people look and they go oh you know my hair's falling out or uh, there's this that and the other we see blemishes and the harder and longer you look the worst, yeah, the worse it gets. Uh, you're like, oh, I didn't, you know, there's a new freckle, there's a new mole, whatever. We see all that. In fact, um, uh, I have, uh, I wear glasses and if I'm uh, combing my hair the different things, I mean, I can't see a thing unless I've got these glasses on, and, and, and I'll even, like, if I'm, if I'm doing that, I just don't like what I see, and so I'll even squint, like, through my glasses, like, if I don't open my eyes all the way open, uh, then, uh, then I can't see how much work I got to do uh, to make myself presentable. That's how most people are. We look in the mirror. The longer we look, the worse it gets, uh, and, uh, and we, we tend to avoid mirrors uh, at different times and stuff just because self-esteem, blah, blah, blah. So a mirror, to somebody to look in it and then to leave and absolutely forget uh, what they saw in the mirror just a second ago, it seems like a, like, like a crazy thing, but that's what God is saying. It's like somebody who is, a, if they're a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's like somebody who looks in a mirror and then immediately forgets what they saw. So the temptation is, is that God deals with our heart and then we, we leave here, we get out in the traffic and, uh, and uh, we get busy with our life and we forget what God has done. Uh, and it's that easy to, to, to walk out of the service today uh, and immediately go into lunch mode, fantasy football, uh, you know, when are the Seahawks playing uh, and, uh, you know, on and on and on and, and forget what you just heard. In fact, um, I'm going to challenge you today at about, I don't know, 2 p.m., one of you turn to the other, whoever's house you're in, if you're in a car, you're at lunch, you're at home and resting, and just say, hey, what a preacher preach on this morning? Just ask. And there'll be a lot of people who are going, uh, the Bible? Uh, and, uh, and it's like, well, yes, the Bible, but more specific. Where was it? I think it was in the book of James. Uh, and, and you might have trouble. Why? Because we, Because we're... We're engaged. We are. We're listening, but we're not hearing, uh, and we all struggle uh, with that in our life. So I thought, well, I can just talk about uh, hopefully that we, as a church, as a Christian, each personal uh, one of us, uh, that we would not do business with God and then forget. And I thought this would be a great be a doer, not a not a hearer, because we're coming up on uh, Friend Day, uh, or there are you know there's stuff, there's events, there's things. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. All that would be a good message coming off of that. And, and, uh, but then I just I started just reading backwards because before this part of the passage, there's other verses. And, and uh, so in order to be a, a doer um, of the word, we have to know the word. We have to receive the word. So if we back up into verse 21... It said, wherefore, now again, uh, if there's a wherefore, there's a therefore, you find out what it's there for. And so there's verses, that, and that's why I say I keep going backwards. You read one thing, and you're like, oh, like, why is that there? And then you read something else, and you're like, why is that there? And that's what I was doing all, all this morning, primarily because of a phone call that I received late last night. And I'll tell you about that uh, here in a minute. So, so it says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. He's not saying he, the Bible is; it does save us. It's God uses His word. We'll read about that in a previous verse. But He's reminding these saved Jews uh, that they're, they're to receive with meekness the engrafted word. Uh, he's reminding them of what it's what it's done and what it, and what it does. Uh, the word of God can save your souls, and uh, and uh, and and so set aside. And that's what we did. So we prayed each. Each night during our revival meeting, we would pray at the beginning part, make sure we, you know, if we have sin, we'd, we'd pray and ask God to forgive us. Uh, I ask you to spend some time in fasting and prayer before the, the, uh, the event uh, so that we'll be right with the Lord. And the idea is in order for us to receive from God uh, His Word, we have to put aside, lay aside, uh, the Bible's clear, every weight. Um, and on, there's a lot of things that our sin, the Bible says, withholding good things from us. So, so God, through James, is telling these Christians uh, that they've got to lay aside uh, and uh, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. It's the, the abundance, the overabundance of, uh, of the whether it's, it's, it's immorality, it's, it's sin, it's naughtiness, things that God's not pleased with, and then receive with meekness. And by the way, when you receive the word of God with meekness, uh, that's when God blesses. But we, remember, these are people... Who, who, who used to follow a different religion, now they're saved, they're going through difficulty, and they are in error, blaming God for what's going on, uh, and they're angry, and they're, they're, they're um, yapping, uh, and complaining, uh, and, uh, and he deals with that more in James, in chapter number three, when he says, your tongue's a little member, but it causes you the most problems. So he's dealing with them and, uh, and he reminds them you've got to be a, a doer, not just a hearer. And in order to hear, you've got to put aside filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness because ultimately you're doing and gives them an example. Hey, pure religion and undefiled is this. So he not only tells them that they need to be a doer, but tells them what pure religion is. And if a somebody who says they're saved uh, and hates their brother, the Bible says they're probably not saved. But it says in later on in verse number 26, it says, if any man among you, Seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Uh, and uh, so God lays a, a big emphasis upon that. So he says, lay these aside. And then we back up a little bit more, verse number 19. He says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so then I begin to get convicted. The Bible says, the wrath of man worketh not the righteous of God. So I'm not going to preach on it, but you think about, uh, God says, be angry and sin not. He says we shouldn't have this spirit of anger. Uh, God says much in the Bible about that. He says we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, that, that our wrath is not, uh, does not work the righteousness of God. Um, we get angry. Uh, when I watch the news, I get angry. Uh, when I when I hear these things or whatever, uh, yesterday uh, uh, at outreach I hadn't seen this yet. But Al uh, he says, "Hey, do you see that what they're doing in King County?" It's, uh, and it, I looked it up. October 25th, uh, you've got to show a, a COVID passport uh, card to eat in a restaurant, uh, to do basically anything in King County. I hope it doesn't come down here. But I but I, but he said that. And I'm like, oh. and then I then I then I went to CairoTV.com and I looked it up and I got angry. It's like, oh, you know, I hope they don't do it in Pierce County. And then I watch, I turn on the television in the afternoon and the Penn State game and there's 100,000 people uh, in the stadium with no mask on or whatever. And, uh, and I said, oh, to live in a free country. And to get, but, but, but the wrath of man never, our anger never works. It's not the righteousness of God. So, so he's telling them they're angry at God uh, and uh, they're blaming God for everything uh, and he's telling them, no, 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 the wrath that you have does not uh, work. The righteousness is not the righteousness of God. So you lay aside these things. He says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. And, uh, and uh, so uh, he, he, he is telling them that uh, they're, they're drawn away with temptation and lust. That it's not God. Uh, it is, it is um, it's our sin nature and on and on. Uh, and then he corrects them. Uh, in verse number 16, it says, you're in error, and we've read this in our text. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and so I began to think about uh, those verses there and, uh, and uh, how that, uh, that God, God is always good. Uh, it says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from uh, above from Him, uh, and, uh, and that He is a sovereign God, uh, that He knows what we need even when we don't think we need it, and sometimes what we need uh, is a swift kick in the pants. Uh, sometimes what we need uh, is a, is a little, we, you know, is a little uh, car trouble uh, to just remind us uh, that God's got it; He's in control. Uh, we just begin to uh, to do different things. I've illustrated it recently. Uh, I'm sitting at a stoplight uh, uh, in <sighs> in uh, on my Harley ignition switch. Pretty bike smash. And how quick God goes, okay, you know what? I gave you a bike, uh, and, uh, but, but, but it's but just a reminder. It's just stuff, right? And so he does that. And you do it. You get a scratch on your car, like, Ugh! and then, you know, after a while, you're like, okay, it's just, but at first, you, it's, it's wrath. It's anger. It's like, I wish I could put my own dents in my car. You come out from Walmart and there's a dent in it. And, uh, and, it's, and it's just stuff. So God allows those things uh, in our life uh, to teach us stuff. And I've, I've uh, because of that accident, I've had many, many takeaways in my own, uh, in my own mind and heart uh, about the things that God uh, shows me through all of that. But every good gift comes from God as a sovereign God. And it also says that He is an immutable God. He's unchanging. It says... Uh, there's, in, with, with whom is no variableness, verse 17, neither shadow of turning. So it's good. He's a good God. He's a sovereign God. He doesn't change. His gifts are always good. His goodness is always good. Um, he will never not be a good God uh, because there's no variableness. There's no turning with him. He doesn't change. Uh, and so that's why we say God is good all of the time. And then he, he says to them, reminds them, of, of, of a good gift uh, in the next verses. Verse 18, of his own will begat us with the word of truth that we should be, the, the, be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So he says, God is good. He's good all the time, never changes. And he's, and he's so good that he saved you according to his will. Uh, so uh, let me say this, a person, um, well, let me back up. Um, Next week is Friend Day, all right? Um, Friend Day is, uh, you know, it's kind of devolved in a way because we used to have, like, food. We would do a lot of different things and uh, make a, you know, a big more of event, almost like it was Open House. Open House Sunday turned to Friend Day, okay? Is everybody with me? Uh, And then we, you know, we'd have gifts and we'd have people come. But then we stopped doing the food, and part of that was because it ended up just being a potluck for regular attenders, it wasn't honoring the people that we brought because we weren't bringing anybody. All right, everybody with me? So, so there's a certain pragmatism in all of that. And you look at cost and time, whatever. And so we, we, we canceled that. We'd have gifts. And there's been times where we maybe have like 40 uh, first-time visitors down to uh, three or whatever. And, and we would have that. So each year we'd have friend day. Follow me. Um, I wasn't going to preach this. I was going to preach the other stuff. I'm working my way backwards. Into this, and I ended up in this verse. Uh, and, uh, and late last night, um, uh, my pastor, Pastor Wagon shoots. Phone rang. I don't know what time it was. It was pretty late. And, uh, and it's later there because it's a two-hour time difference. By the way, uh, when, when that happens, you think, oh, it's ter- something terrible happened. Uh, and, uh, and so he, um, he, he sounded like death. It was just like, hey brother, it was just, and it was, uh, and I didn't have it on speakerphone, but Amy was right there, and it just, it just sounded, and he was, he says, I've just been so busy, and, and, he, and he kind of rehearsed for me, just I drove 500 miles here, and I came back, and then I turned around the next day, and I drove 500 miles, and I preached this meeting, and on and on and on, and so he, he's, it's way past his bedtime, got to get up early, and he was finishing some devotions. He writes some devotions for some things, and, and long story short, he was super busy. He wasn't sick or anything, just probably just run down, just terrible. And, I, and, uh, and he said, um, this upcoming Sunday, uh, not today, but next Sunday, is our 30th anniversary. Uh, and if you, can, if you can do it, you know, we'd pay for you uh, to come. He says, I know you stay uh, with family when you're here, but uh, you know, uh, if you can come, you know, we'll, we'll pay your ticket. Uh, and we're not doing anything real big and whatever. Now, I know what they're doing for him because uh, they, they asked me about that when I was there. Uh, this this a few weeks back. Uh, and, uh, and it'll be a blessing to him. He doesn't know any of that. And, uh, but, um, and he doesn't watch this, so we're good. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so he's like, hey, if you can, if you can come. And then uh, as I'm sitting there, I'm talking, and then Amy goes, friend day. And, uh, and then I just kind of kept talking. I heard her uh, and went through the conversation because I didn't want to disappoint him on the phone. Uh, and so today I'll call him and uh, let him know I can't come. And, you know, it's ex- you know, it's expensive and, you know, short notice, blah, blah, blah. But there was a, there was a part before, before Amy goes, friend day, where I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. And, um, you know, because, because it's, it's, it's just friend day. So I can have somebody preach, and, uh, and, you know, I can go. I don't want to disappoint him. Uh, it's, you know, a kind of a, it's his 30-year anniversary, and I'll just go. And nobody really, you know, maybe I'll move it. Maybe I'll move friend day. I thought, well, maybe there's some people. I know there's people that, hey, I've invited these coworkers from work, and uh, they're planning on being here that day. But if I said, if I just said, hey, you know, we're going to just, we're going to move friend day. I've got this thing, we'll move it. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and, and the more I began to think about it, I, I, was, I, was, I was feeling bad for thinking it before Amy, my Holy Spirit, uh, said, friend day. All right. And uh, so, so I got off the phone, I'm like, friend day, I'm not going to be able to go. And, uh, and here's why. Um, because people, people need to be saved, uh, and, and God does it according to His will. And we read here in that verse just a moment ago, of His own will begat us with uh, the word of truth. And, and so when you got saved, it was God's will that you got saved. Uh, and God, through His sovereignty, used perhaps a soul winner to knock on your door or you were in a church service and the Holy Spirit of God moved in your heart. You got under conviction, you asked God to save you. I don't know all the circumstances going all that, but a person can't get saved just anytime they want to. It needs to be God drawn that person and God uses some things. And, uh, and, uh, and when you get saved, it's not about you. It's about God. You say, well, how do you know that? Because it says in that same verse, of his own will begat us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You see, we're saved by God's will and we're saved for God's glory. So, so he does all that. And not to get into, again, I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not an Arminianist. Uh, I believe that God uses us to preach the gospel. People get saved, but they can't get, we can't convince them. We don't save them. It's not salesmanship. It's all the Holy Spirit of God. God brings conviction. Uh, and, and so if somebody's like, you know, um, I'm knocking on their door and they got a kid on their, on their hip and they're leaning halfway, giving me 15 ways of body language that I'm not interested, I'm in a hurry. Can you hurry up and get off my porch? I'm not going to put my foot in the door when they try to close it, uh, try five different ways to convince them to listen to me. If God's not in it, God's not in it. And, uh, and so, so we, we try to leave a track that's got the word of God. God has attached a promise to it uh, that it won't return void and God, God uses his word. And so, so people can't get saved any old time that they want to. And so friend day is next Sunday. Uh, we need to be doers, not just hearers coming off. We've made commitments and we've got to do and do our, not just be, but do, and then we're reminded that, uh, that, uh, that this is all done with meekness and, uh, and we're living in a, a time and it's crazy and we're angry and it's just uh, it's, it's nuts. Everything is just out of control. And we're complaining and all this. So there's all kinds of great sermons for tonight that are in there. But it says that we're saved by God's will for His glory. But it says through His word. Doesn't it say that? It says, of His own will begat He us... With the word of truth, the word of truth, the word of God. Now turn with me to Romans chapter number 10. We're almost done. In Romans chapter number 10, we, um, this next week, inevitably during the message, I'll be quoting verses, reading verses from the book of Romans. Um, which we call the Romans' road to salvation. We have it on uh, these verses on our gospel tracts and different things. And, uh, and you get into Romans uh, ten nine in particular, uh, where it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Uh, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then we always skip down to verse number 13 and say, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So uh, to this point, we'll, we'll mention sin and sin's penalty and, uh, and it's a debt that needs to be paid and, uh, and the wages of it is death, but the gift of God is eternal life and, uh, and that he has provided um, salvation through his son. But the Bible says there's none that seeketh after him. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after him. See, your coworker or your neighbor, um, your, your relative, your relative. Uh, they're not seeking after God. They're just not sitting around thinking, you know, um, thinking those things. The Bible says that's not that's not what people do. Uh, When I when people ask me, when did you find God? I didn't find God. God found me. Uh, And because I wasn't seeking after him. Uh, now, I seek after him now that I'm saved, but when it's talking about the righteousness, there's none righteous. So we're all sinners. We all fall short. There's none that seeketh after him. It's that context. We, uh, we're, we're on our own way that leads to destruction. Uh, and unless God, the Holy Spirit, steps in and brings conviction about our sin, uh, we are hopelessly lost. Uh, and you just can't get saved any old time that you want to. So that's why it's important if, like today... You're here and you're not saved and the Holy Spirit of God nudges your heart and you realize, I'm lost. I'm not, I don't have, I'm, I'm not saved. Um, you, you, you don't have a promise from God that he's going to continue and continue and continue to do that. That's why you respond to the Spirit of God in that moment and take that that God is bringing conviction uh, and, you tr- and you trust him as your Savior. You repent of your sin and turn to God. And so, uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came to die for your sins. Uh, You believe that in your heart. You confess it with your mouth and you call on Him. uh, And uh, and you ask Him to save you. And the Bible says you shall be saved. Not hope so, not maybe so. And we're going to spend time on that even more uh, this next week. But remember, the Bible says that uh, it's by His will and for His glory, but it's by His word. Uh, and uh, and so so we know that they get saved, that God does the saving for His glory, according to His will through His word. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So look at verse number fourteen. He poses the question as to how this all works. He says, "How then shall they call on Him in whom they've not believed?" So a person gets saved when they place their faith and trust in Christ. But how can they do that if they don't believe? So you have people that you know that are not believers. They, they don't know Jesus. They might believe in God, but that doesn't make them a believer. With me? So, I mean, the devil believes in God. Uh, there are a lot of people that believe in God, like they believe in Santa Claus or they believe in other things. They, uh, the people believe in stuff, uh, but they have no basis for their belief or they just, you know, and they call them, you know, the man upstairs or the big guy. Uh, you know, and, and we have all these different things. But people, you know, uh, sky's the limit. But they can't get saved unless they believe. Remember, it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there a little. God has a plan. Uh, it's a sovereign plan, His will for His glory. A person gets saved if God will save them, not if you save them or if I save them, and God's got to do the work, and it ain't going to happen unless they believe. Belief comes first. But, but the verses go on. How shall they call on Him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in Him in whom they've not heard? Uh, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Uh, and, uh, and how shall they preach so that they be sent? And we, we, you know, we talk about that with missions, and we need to send preachers to the Philippines and, uh, and, and elsewhere. I mean, people need Jesus, and how are they going to know about Jesus if we don't send a preacher? Uh, and, uh, but here's my point for today. Uh, it's Friend Day, and we call it that because we want you to bring your friends to church, not because we want to, you know, um, have them see our facilities. That's how we did with open house. Bring people open house. Everybody understand. Come, just come see. Come see, uh, and uh, and maybe this is a place where where God would have you to be. And uh, so come see. We'd feed them, and uh, just like you know whatever, and and have people give, give people tours or whatever, uh, and. Uh, uh, it's not really working very well. It's really not what we want. We want people to come. We want to hear the gospel. So friend day. Uh, and uh, and then it was like, well, you know, first friend day, uh, we had, I think it was like 40 first-time visitors with all the people that were there. It was great. Uh, and uh, and then since then, it just kind of, you know, whatever, to the point where your pastor when a question popped to him uh, last night on the phone, uh, and, uh, hey, would you come next week? And, uh, and I'm thinking of all the ways I can change the schedule um, because it's just friend day. But how can people believe unless they hear? And, and so, so my point is this. It's like we come off revival meeting and well, should we you know, be doers and not just hearers and not forget what we've done, our commitments, and, and we're so blessed and, uh, and God, has, God has done so many things in our life and we know that we serve a, a good God and, uh, and everything from Him is good and He doesn't change and he, he's, he's bringing me to, and we're just blessed. And if I was to count my blessings and name them one by one, we would be here uh, for a long time. God is good and He's good all the time and we're blessed. But the people that we know um, need Jesus. And the way that they get Jesus is by hearing the word of God. So, so if, if you are, and, and, I, and I'm trying to, part of friend day was, hey, uh, just make it easy. You got somebody that you don't want, you know, for whatever reason, you don't want to share the gospel with them. You're afraid of their response to you. So get them to church on friend day uh, and, so, and I'll give them the gospel. If somebody's in the hospital and, they, and, and you don't want to witness to them, I will witness to them. Give me their address, I will go. If somebody's on the prayer list and, and you won't witness to them, then I will go. Friend Day uh, is simply a way, another way, to get the people you love and care for, the people that are in your sphere of influence, under the gospel so they can hear and believe. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when they're not going to get saved watching Fox News and CNN, they're not going to get saved talking about all the issues of the day around the water cooler at work. They're not going to get saved around Thanksgiving dinner when all the conversation just kind of devolves into politics and and all kinds of craziness, and then everybody's fighting and not talking. People get saved. When the Holy Spirit of God works through the preaching, the hearing, the listening of God's word. And so just as important as it is for me to be here next week and to preach for friend day. It's as important and maybe more so for you to be here with a friend. And because that's really what everything's all about. Our revival meetings, our church services, everything is is God's design uh, to to preach the gospel uh, to people, Uh, and our primary responsibility is to go out there and do it, And, and very, not very often, seldom do we have events in our church that are designed to bring people so that they can hear the gospel. The, the God's plan is that you, all of us, preach it. That we take it to people. That 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 the most important thing for you at work is not to be to get the employee of the month uh, and the company car, uh, parking spot uh, and the and the primo whatever and the bonus. It's to bring glory to God and to see your coworkers saved. And so, so what do I do? The Bible says, "How can they? How can they?" call on him whom they've not believed and how can they believe on, uh, on him whom they've not heard and, uh, and that's, that's the plan so I'm saying all of that to say I'm like I'm just going to preach a rah rah go go uh, post revival message uh, and, uh, and God brought me all the way down to and backwards to um, it's just friend day and the Holy Spirit goes yeah friend day gospel. Give it to people. So, so I'm going to disappoint my pastor this evening when I call him on the phone. I'm going to go, Pastor, I can't come. We have friend day. And friend day is kind of more important than your 30th anniversary. And I can't make it. I got to be here because our people are going to bring people that need the gospel. And I'm going to give it to them. How, how else are they going to believe? And, uh, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to believe. But the Bible says how. And so you do your dead level best to get them here. And, uh, and it's not about, if you're new here, I don't count. I don't know how many people are here from Sunday to Sunday. Um, we don't count. We don't look at attendances. I don't, I don't report to the sword of the Lord and uh, revival fires. We have this much in attendance. Um, people ask me all the time, how many, how many, when people want to know how your church is, they want to know how are your offerings and, uh, and, uh, and how are, and, and what's your church attendance. And, uh, and so, uh, I've got, I might go to missions conference this next week. Uh, and, uh, and if I'm going to bring a prayer letter, somebody's going to find, I'm going to bring one from last week because $22,000 was given last week in the offering. And, uh, cause that's what they want to know. um, it, but it's, it's never been and will never be about numbers. Uh, it's about souls. And, and to be just frank with you, we're terrible about it. We just are. Um, we're not doing all that we can. I'm not. Uh, and uh, to, to the point to where you know, leaders lead, and it's just kind of like, you know, people can just tell. And, uh, and uh, somebody the other day was like, I can't get the baby to stop crying. I'm like, they can smell your fear <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> and they're like, oh, and it's just like everybody sees. It's like enthusiasm catches, and people, the spirit of the past or whatever. And I'm just, I'm confessing to you, last night, I'm like, it's just friend day. But this morning, it's friend day. And and we've got to do our best to uh, to 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 get people under the gospel so they can get saved. So I don't know who you are thinking about inviting, um, but I'm going to ask you to pray for them today. Uh, and uh, and and that's what we're going to conclude our service. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And and uh, you know when we read the Bible, God can do all kinds of. Uh, different things and bring us to different places, and this morning, uh, last night, uh, I had no intention of making this point uh, today, um, but God, I guess, wanted me to, and it took a phone call and a temptation, I guess, uh, and uh, being benign, it wouldn't be a terrible thing for me to do that, um, but friend day's important. And, and we need to obey the Lord and, and His commission and, and be a witness and, and get the people that we care about and we're praying for, the people we come in contact with. And there's these tracts that are out there and to say, hey, you know what, would you be my friend on friend day? Uh, and uh, what's the goal? The goal is for them to hear the Bible, believe and be saved.